What if I told you for $1, I would introduce you to many different entrepreneurs this week. From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to many different entrepreneurs and I'll coach you for $1 this whole week. And I'll introduce you to my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you take part of that? Well, go to morningmindsetcoffee.com because that's exactly what we're doing here. It's the only organization that gathers entrepreneurs for the betterment of entrepreneurship every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern. We get together, we're growing, we're learning, we're leveling up, we're building on our network, we're building on our net worth, we're earning, we're reading. We got a book club. You'll see a bunch of entrepreneurs coming together, reading the same books every single day, growing together. You need that environment to grow. MorningMindsetCoffee.com. One dollar. I'm going to give you all of this for one dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $50 a month after that. But right now, we're still running a seasonal promotion where I think the price is somewhere around $25. So get it before the price changes again. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want. All right? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. So what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, strategies, and stories of successful entrepreneurs, investors, and high achievers so that together we can learn from their mistakes, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, former parkour athlete turned real estate investor and entrepreneur. And I am on a mission to become a multimillionaire before 30 so that I can teach others how to do the same. And today my guest is a repeat guest. This is the first repeat guest in all of Into the Mind history. So I'm super hyped about this. It is our homie, Ethan Guzman. So if you recall on the last episode, we were diving into Ethan's parkour career. We were diving into his life as he entered back into what I call mainstream society, where he realized, ah, uh-uh, this ain't for me. And he began his pursuit as an entrepreneur and an investor. And we learned about the massive gains he made in the stock world. And now we're going to start to dive back into his story and figure out where he went after learning how to trade stocks. He made some money and he began to enter into my realm, my territory, which is real estate. So, Ethan, what's going on, bro? Welcome back on the show. Absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure to be back on the show, Tell, continue to tell my story. And uh, yeah, that's all I got, really. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. So let's jump into it, man, because last we left off, you had been traveling around. You were pursuing your life as a professional parkour athlete. At some point, you recognized like, hey, I can be a professional by status, but you didn't find the financial gains you were looking for in that place. So you went back to college or you went to college to kind of appease to the parents and the family. And that wasn't really your thing. Then you decided, again, trading stocks, you had massive gains through what some considered a lucky trade. How even yourself, you called it a lucky trade. I said, there's nothing luck about it. You spent the time studying and learning and disciplining yourself, and you proved even after that lucky hit that you were able to consistently make money in the market, and you found yourself with a a new lump sum of cash or like new seed capital. What did you do with this seed capital that you now had from trading? Yeah, so going back to making sure that you have like an end goal, my end goal, at least for stock trading and entrepreneurship being financial freedom. Uh, I used that 80,000 to invest in real estate. Um, 
And yeah, as you know, I invested in a condo and even that whole process, uh, getting into the world of investing in real estate at the age of 20 was definitely, definitely scary as an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I I feel you, man. Like, honestly, like it's still some times when I buy properties, it's still scary to me. So what was that like? Right. Because it is an emotional roller coaster, right? Especially buying something as big as a house. Like, what were you like? What was going through your mind? Because I want to dive into that because I think some people are hesitant. They're on the fence. They understand real estate can make money. However, they're just like, what if like all the what ifs start kicking in? So what was going through your mind? Exactly. Yeah, the what ifs. The what ifs were a very big thing in my mind, as well as like kind of that paralyzing fear that you're talking about, that that fear that's so strong that makes you just say, I just want to stick to what I know, to where I am, to what I'm doing. Um, but again, it was a matter of just going back to the success formula of understanding that this is the trial and error part. This is going to be the scary part. And this is where you just need to trust the process. Um, so getting into real estate, if you remember the success formula starts with having a goal again, I already had the goal of financial freedom. And then the next goal was plan and prepare. And part of planning and preparing was doing research. Um, and I did a lot of research on uh, like what it meant to be a real estate investor, knowing exactly what that role was. And then the next step of the planning and preparing was finding a mentor. And I'd say that was the next really, really big step that helped me overcome the paralysis Uh, from being so afraid of going into that journey. And uh, it wasn't a first try uh, like it was for stock trading. I was able to just go straight to my mom. Um, No one in my immediate family was a real estate investor, but I did have a great aunt that was a realtor. And I worked with her for a couple months looking through properties and only to realize that She wasn't the realtor I needed. She taught me a lot about the market. And more importantly, she taught me that there are different kinds of realtors with different skills and different specializations. Um, I realized that she was simply just a realtor that focused on selling to families uh, that wanted a home to live in. But as you know, that's very different than selling to a real estate investor looking for a property to cash flow. Dude, we uh, wait, wait, hold on. I, we gotta pause there for two seconds because <laughs> I, I really want to highlight that for anybody listening, because a lot of people do want to enter into real estate and they're just like their first thought is, well, I'm just gonna call up my real estate agent. Like they know a ton about buying properties for investment purposes. And it's just not the case. Like it's you know, if I had to give it any other comparison, I would say it's like you have a mechanic. And you've got someone that works on high-end sports cars. You've got somebody that works on Formula One. You have somebody that works on motorcycles. You have somebody that works on trucks. You have somebody that works strictly on diesel. So you have to make sure that you vet your realtors. You vet anybody that you bring in towards achieving a certain and specific goal. So I love that you're bringing this up because a lot of people like literally have in their mind, all realtors are the same. Like they are literally exactly. all. Exactly. And like, Yeah. Like you said, uh, I'm kind of going through the thick of it. I'm going through the start. I'm not like a seasoned veteran. So I very vividly and clearly remember at the very start, the exact mindset that you said, all realtors are the same. They just buy and sell houses. But I very like after a couple of months, it 
took a realization that there are different um, niches within realtors. But I essentially took a step back, tried doing my own research. And then again, this is one of the benefits of once again, announcing your goals to the world, because you don't know what connections you're going to make on top of the accountability aspect. And my dad recommended me to a family friend who was a real estate investor. He didn't know her that well, which is why she, he didn't really mention it originally, but he, it kind of just came up. I met up with her and then she connected me with the realtor that sold her most of her real estate um, investment properties. And then uh, he sold me my first place. It was honestly crazy night and day. Like within the first two weeks of meeting him, um, I could already tell that he had such a better understanding of like what I was looking for as a real estate investor. And that just made that just made me realize how important it is to like know who you're working with. Don't just turn off your brain and make sure, like you said, to vet who you're working with. I love that. So when I was being taught about real estate, we were one of the very first things I was ever taught from my mentor, Pip Stelic. Uh, shout out to Pip. He's freaking amazing. He was trained directly by Robert Kiyosaki. He taught me to create a power team and then to make sure that the individuals I bring on my power team are either A, doing exactly what I want to be doing, or that they are at least individuals that are on the right side of the cash flow quadrant. If someone's not familiar about the cash flow quadrant, we talked about it in the previous episode. So go back and listen to that or simply open up Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or even read the book called The Cash Flow Quadrant. Um, but, you know, essentially making sure that you're grabbing somebody from the same world of thinking as you. The people that are going to help you on this journey should not need to be explained to. Like You shouldn't have to be constantly having to re-explain the vision to them. You should have to tell them once and then they understand how to plug in the missing piece to the puzzle because that's the value add they bring to the situation. So that is one of the most important things. And I'm happy, so happy that you were able to see that and that you're bringing this up for people to understand. So you get this way better realtor or not way better, but you get a different realtor, one that's more geared towards investing and bringing properties that an investor would like to see. What was one of the noticeable differences as far as just even the, the communication conversation and the things that they were bringing? Um, I'd say that he was just like, you'll be able to tell he was just extremely way more assertive and knowledgeable. And he had way more advice for me uh, versus the family realtor that I was using. Um, Again, she was used to just selling kind of uh, new homes to families. So when I was asking her, do you think this would be a good house to renovate? She was like, I, I, I think so. I think it'd be pretty good. Like, I think so does nothing (laughs) saying this is, this is definitely good, or this is definitely bad for these reasons was so much more helpful. So making sure that the information they're giving you is clear and concise. I, I love that. And honestly, you worded that so well, and I'm happy that you said that because again, like, I just want I, everyone, if you're listening, I want you to be able to take away practical information here. And Ethan just dropped like such a golden nugget into your lap. 
of making sure that whoever you bring into your corner, that they're going to be your counsel, that if they're going to be your counsel, they are able to stand confidently by the advice that they give. There's going to be no wavering. And you can see it like they will be able to say, hey, you should do this because of this. Not, uh, I'm not quite sure. What do you think? These people should be able to give advice. Even if it's wrong, at least they should have, I'm going to say, a clear level of confidence based off of their experiences. So you're now searching for the house. You're searching for the condo, actually, in this point. And you find the first deal. You know, what was that like? Like, what were you going through, like, in your mind? Like, when you looked at it, did you even know it was a deal when you first looked at it? Like, what was going on? It was, honestly, it it was, I, I knew it was the deal. Like I knew it was the one. Um, but I will say that didn't make it any less scary to purchase a house or to purchase a condo. Um, again, the, so the down payment was about 30,000, but like real, but not ever having like even more than 30,000, much less 80,000 in my account. It was obviously terrifying to think of letting go that much of it. Um, and understandably so, but I'd say the biggest lesson was once I actually got the property, it felt so good because I realized I was using money, how it should be used Mm -hmm. in the sense that like rich dad, poor dad always says, um, use money to make money, like make money work for you. And once I bought the property, I realized, dang, like spending that 30,000, it wasn't like I spent 30,000 on a car and I'll never see that again. I spent that 30,000. And then right after I was like, wait, I didn't actually spend it. Like I'm going to be getting it back with more, with more after it. And that was just such a huge mindset change on how I looked at using money or having money. I love that because that's something again, where it's not the mainstream way of thinking right? It's a little contrarian to how most people think. Most people put money out and it never comes back to them. They never see it return. However, we understand that when we put money out, it's almost like we're parking it somewhere, right? And while we park it there, it's growing and building and gathering more of its friends for us to come pick back up later. And I agree with you, right? Because when you look at the, the major purchase of a home, right? You're thinking about, all right, cool. Let me put this in. That's your equity right? It's there for you to recapture later down the road. And in the meanwhile, you're collecting this rent. So I love that you said it's still scary though, because again, like even when you know it's a deal, it's still a big transaction, especially the first time around. Oh yeah. And like, exactly like the fear that originally paralyzed me and the what ifs and the self-doubt, it doesn't completely go away. But as long as you don't let it paralyze you, I think is the important thing to take away. Nice. So you commit to buying the property, you get the down payment together, and then you get into the house. So is it the straight smooth sailing from there? Like it's all good. You're a landlord and now you're just like raking in the dough and you got your Lamborghini outside. Oh no. Oh yeah. I mean, you already know, you already know that's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Like from buying the property to getting it rented out, that was definitely when I really, really started feeling the pressure because I dropped, I dropped the 30 K at least like for now. Um, and I have this giant piece of property that like is now my own. So I, I did some cosmetic 
uh, renovations to it. So nothing that had to do with like the actual integrity, but just things to make it look nicer so I could rent it out for a little bit more. And that was a grind in of itself. It took about two weeks of getting up around like seven or eight and then just heading to the property, which is only five minutes away from where I am right now. And then working to like 9 p.m. Uh, on just various things, changing door handles, chain, like cleaning, cleaning various places, putting down countertops and things like that. And then after that, it was a matter of three months of trying to get a tenant in there because I knew I, I've heard all of the horror stories of having a bad tenant, like a tenant makes or breaks your experience as a landlord. Um, and I really wanted to make sure that my first, my first tenant was a good one so that I could, uh, work the whole way. And I went through like 10 to 15, 10 to 15 people. I used Zillow for it. So I put the property up on Zillow, um, Zillow rental. And I went through like 10 to 15 people. I was starting to get discouraged because I was like, these just aren't it. Cause you can definitely feel it. Um, and then there was a good one. And then I was banking on this person. I like, I completely stopped taking any more applications. And that was my first lesson. Exactly. Like you're already laughing. I was like, this is it. He's so good. And then the day before we signed, um, he was like, yo, can't, can't do it. Um, I got approved for a house um, and I would have been happy at your property, but it's not, I, I'm, I can't do it. And that was soul crushing. Because it was the day, because we planned on signing the day before I left for my second official stunt job. Um, so that was, that was rough. It was, it was extremely rough and it made me think uh, while I was on the plane on the way to my second stunt job, like, dang, like, did I mess up? Because I already went through like two months worth of people. And now I had, I had one single good person and then he couldn't. Uh, but I did the stunt job. That was about two weeks, another amazing experience. And that honestly was very much needed. It helped me reset and it helped me rewire um, my thinking. Because once I got back, I was like, all right, deep breath. Let's get back to it. <laughs> Dude, okay. So we got to unpack a few things right there because you just... You just dropped a couple nuggets for people again. Like, Ethan, you got to stop doing this, man. You're, you're dropping it. No, you know, matter of fact, keep doing it, actually. So, one, um, first nugget you dropped was the fact that you said you had these people coming through, so you had potential candidates. And I just want to, like, shout this out for everyone, you know, because if you're on this path of entrepreneurship, if you're going to be in a place where you're hiring people, you're putting tenants in your property, anything where you're interviewing people, I learned this exact same lesson. You never stop looking for talent ever. Like you never turn that conveyor belt off ever because the good people that you find, those gems that you find, guess what? Everyone else is going to notice that they are gems and those people never stay for long. It's amazing while you have them. So we always want to keep searching for them. Um, so that's crucial right there, which I love that you learned that lesson. And here's the second nugget that you dropped. If people were really picking up on it, the person that you found that made them such an amazing candidate, if we notice, that was a homeowner. Even before they owned a home, the individual that was living inside that body was the mental state of a homeowner. Homeowners are going to be our favorite tenants. They're the best renters on planet freaking Earth. So what we want to do whenever we're looking for tenants is look for eventual homeowners. Now, this means they're probably going to leave our place in anywhere from one to three years 
when they finally qualify. However, while they are there, they're going to treat our homes like a home versus tenants who are only tenants. They treat the houses like they treat the cars from Hertz. Like they floor it and just take it down for the weekend and then dip out. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, that's a very good transition because the current, the person I ended up going with, he like, he told me like, yeah, I do eventually want to own own a home uh, in a couple years. Um, And that was instantly a green light. Like, oh, okay. He wants to be a homeowner. That means he's going to treat this home as if it was his. Uh, So yeah, that's definitely a very good note. Um, But definitely. So I bought the property in August and I, I, did all of the renovations and kind of like took my time with the place and putting all the systems in place for Zillow uh, probably till October. So I, I'm like my goal for anyone is to rent for any landlord is to rent it out as fast as possible. So the goal was to rent it out by the end of October. Couldn't do that. And then uh, by the end of November, couldn't do that. And then when like my stunt job was in December. So it was by the end of December was like my big goal. And I was terrified because we're, I was supposed to sign with a really good one on like middle of December, December 15 or something like that. And my stunt job was from December 16 to December 26. And I was like, dang, like I couldn't hit my goal. Let's aim for January. And so that was a really big lesson of keep on persisting. And luckily, I did hit my goal for December because the tenants that I have in now signed the lease on December 31st of 2021. So keep on keep on going, no matter how many no matter how many months it takes, no matter how many failed tenants or attempts it takes. Look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but you all asked for it, and it's finally here. We finally created a space for us to come together every day and have these kinds of conversations. Not just be a fly on the wall and listen, but actually be in the room talking to one another, throwing ideas back and forth about mindset, business, entrepreneurship, growth, the books we're reading, the conferences we're going to, the conferences we're hosting, everything under the sun that has to do with entrepreneurship. You name it, we're talking about it. That's right, MorningMindsetCoffee.com. Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, we're getting together with entrepreneurs from all over the world so that we can grow together. You heard it a million times over. Your network is your net worth. So for $1, you can get into a room that will change your life. What are you waiting for? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Now back to the episode. Yeah, and you know, you said something, right, where you went on that trip. And you got yourself in a different mental state. You literally got yourself in a different physical environment. And you said you rewired. It allowed you to rewire your thinking, right? And that's such an important thing. So is that something you do um, relatively regularly when you find that maybe an approach isn't working or you're, you're hitting a brick wall in essence? Do you ever take time to pull yourself out of the situation to come back fresh? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, on a grander scheme, like we just said, um, taking months to uh, find a tenant, it gave me a time to reset and rewire. On a daily note, I kind of use just my own self-awareness 
uh, to figure out like how much mental energy have I used on computer work. Once I start getting pretty drained and pretty burnt out on computer work, then I'll go work out or I'll go train and use my physical physical body. And then once I'm starting to get more sore or more tired physically, then I can go back to mental work or I can focus on recharging both of those batteries. I, I love that. And that's a part of the self-awareness, right? And this is another major key for any entrepreneur, or anyone that's in the growth industry. You know, like if you're going to step into running business, investing and things of that nature, you have to be able to take catalog of where your own energy levels are at, where your own battery packs are at. So I love that you're able to do that. So you've got your first um, tenant inside the condo, right? This guy is a potential homeowner living inside there. So now things are just smooth sailing, like nothing to worry about. Like you can just put it on autopilot and go to sleep. Uh, Nope. So within the first two weeks, I would say of him moving in, uh, there was a leak and leaks are pretty scary. You're, You're afraid of that water damage and learning to realize that there's a problem with the property and not absolutely freak <laughs> freak out was a big thing that I needed to learn as a landlord because as soon as he called me I was like starting to freak out like oh, oh when do I go there um but then it took a second I was like okay call the plumber like after that there's nothing you can do like just take a breath and just wait until there is something that you can do we got it fixed within like two weeks and that was that. Um, but again, that taught me how important it is to find and wait for the right tenant because he easily could have bitten my head off and been like, I've only been here for a week. Why is there already a leak? It turns out that the dishwasher was clogged, which is a very minor thing, but he was extremely patient. He was like, yo, just wanted to let you know this is happening. If you can get it fixed when you get a chance. Um, and luckily there's a home warranty. So find a good tenant, find a good tenant, find a good tenant. (laughs) I love that. And what I love as well is I noticed, I couldn't help but notice the correlation as like a transferable skill where you had to find a place to be calm and just ride out the storm a little bit. And I know from trading stocks and trading options, there are times where you're probably in a trade and you're watching it trend up and then out of nowhere, it begins to go down. And this is where most people panic sell, right? They panic, they jump out, they realize a loss and then the market recorrects and continues to do what it was doing. So it sounds like it's the same sort of skill set here as far as the emotional roller coaster ride. And in which case you had to be able to figure out like, okay, cool. Like, let me just, okay, what can I do? So I love that, man. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, so th- that honestly brings us to about the present. Um, really just, the biggest thing is making sure that you follow the success formula um, of set a goal, prepare, plan, execute, and then adjust the plan. And then the big thing is before all of that, making sure that the fear of failure, the fear, uh, that paralyzing fear of self-doubt doesn't actually paralyze you, I'd say is the big thing. And mm-hmm. at once, I f- once I unlocked that of fear, if, if the only reason why I'm not doing something is because of fear, which is not real, then I have to do it. Once I unlocked that, everything in my life changed. I love that. So let me ask you this, right? You essentially hit some pretty major goals, like some, in my opinion, these are some major goals and these are some major milestones. 
what's next? Like, where do you anticipate the future going? Because I know that, like you said from earlier with the trading and with the stocks, that it wasn't your goal to make like a boatload of money. Your goal was to become financially free. It was to have that financial independence so that essentially money isn't a concern anymore. It's just literally like not even a thought because you've taken care of it so well that it's on autopilot and you can now go focus on the other things that need your conscious attention. So what do you see for yourself for the remainder of the remainder, but just started 2022? Oh, for 2022, my goal is to invest in my second property. Uh, the goal is for it to be a quadplex. Um, cool. And then from there, I'm actually going to be pursuing acting. So that's going to be the stunt jobs that I worked on with Devin have really piqued uh, my interest in the performing arts and in the film industry. It made me realize how much I enjoy that setting of a workplace, as well as how much Hollywood money pays. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what I did was I applied to the biggest talent agency in my area. Now, I think for most people, most people would already hit that paralyzing fear of, I ha- I'm not an actor. Like, I don't have any acting credits. Why would I apply to that? I need to do this and that. But honestly, running off of the high of like successfully, or at least as of right now, successfully hitting the goals that I've been wanting to hit for real estate investing, I didn't see a reason why I shouldn't at least try to apply um, for the talent agency and they would help me get jobs. Um, And then if I failed, I realized I need to like work on my acting more, but I also, again, transferable skill of doing social media and honestly writing out my own scripts for YouTube videos. I thought that gave me a advantage over the average person. So I, so I committed to applying and luckily I got through and I'm, I've applied to my first, I've done my first few auditions as well as casting calls uh, last week. Yo, let's go. So here's, again, I like, I love like when you say things, cause I'm able to highlight like what I'm picking up and you mentioned something, right? You rode the high and that I think is really underrated. And again, like I don't, the reason I highlight is I really don't want people to miss this. The yeah. That, yeah. That's um, like, yeah. Riding the high, I'd say a more clear way of saying it is keeping the momentum going. Boom inertia and that's what it is it's it's literally piggybacking off of the previous win it's a lot easier to keep the train in motion like if i have a train that's moving down the track at 100 miles an hour it's a lot easier to pick it up and keep it going versus if it comes to a full stop to get that thing moving again takes so much energy so stacking these wins and wins and wins And I think a lot of people miss the fact that if they followed from the very first episode that we did together, you know, it started off way back when, back when you were 15 years old and just learning basic skills in parkour and just being able to stack those little bitty wins that started to build massive amounts of confidence. And then it just gave you this ability to understand, hey, I am capable of doing what I set my mind to. And I think a lot of us understand that intellectually. However, it doesn't make a difference unless we put it into action and we can understand that experientially because that's where it really makes sense. Yup. Putting it, putting it into action again, not letting that fear paralyze you. But again, with the success formula, there is the planning and preparing step. Um, So I'd like to say 
the more clear and the more detailed your plan is, the more possible and the more possible it is and the higher of a chance that you're going to get it. So for 2022 specifically, because I know I was a little bit vague, the goal was to be signed uh, by the talent agency by the end of February. Uh, I ended up getting signed with them in January, which is exciting. Um, And then the goal is to get two two acting jobs or modeling jobs because I'm actually officially a model as well as an actor represented by them, which is an, which is absolutely awesome. Um, a goal to get two jobs in the performing industry a month. So with jobs being 500 to a thousand dollars, that would be a, another 1000 to 2000 a month. Uh, on top of the cash flow that I'm already getting from the first property. And then my goal is to, invest in my second property but before winter of this year. I love that. So let me ask a question. This is like, I'm personally very interested to know the answer to this. When you are envisioning your goals, do you ever sit down and visualize? Like, are you big on visualizing things that you haven't done to bring them forth or what's your process, you know, outside of your four steps for success? Like, Or is this a part of one of your steps? Like, do you ever sit down and take the moment and time to actually try to see the images or the reality of what you want? Oh, definitely. Visualization, like visualization, it does insane things as you know, I'm sure that you do. Uh, It's kind of funny. Like if you saw how I visualize, like in my room, like if there's a little camera that you could see, like, you would think I'm crazy because it's like me kind of like making random rants about how I'm a successful actor or how I'm a great real estate investor or how I'm just a successful entrepreneur. And like, it's just going to be me rambling for like two hours straight. And that's what I, that's my version of visualization. But I learned it originally from, again, it always comes back to parkour. Like when you're trying to learn a flip, like you'll see people when you're thinking about it, like, okay, so how to do this twisting motion, you start to like bring your arms as if you were going to do it. And then you start to turn your head and then it feels more and more real. Um, The way that I actually found that visualization was so profoundly useful is because I saw, I I saw some study where like, um, I'm trying to remember specifically, like, a dog couldn't tell the difference between um, a bell, like a dog was trained to have mm. uh, their glands salivate whenever a uh, someone would ring a bell because they'd always ring a bell and then give it a treat. And then when they stopped, when they rang that bell, uh, he, he would still salivate even, the dog would still salivate even if the treat wasn't there. Uh, which shows just like conditioning, conditioning yourself by like any kind of repetitive believing in it. I I love that. And like, seriously, you just, I think you just made it possible for a lot of people to visualize because a lot of people think like, well, this is crazy or this is silly or no one actually does this. And, you know, you're like, no, I like, if you caught me in my room by myself, you'll see me talking to myself. Dude, I was in the kitchen maybe about like an hour ago making some lunch and I was literally talking out loud, like giving like a speech to my team about how we crushed it this February. And I was like imagining and seeing us getting one of those crazy fat checks. 
and then like hanging it up on the wall. And I was like, oh, that would be an amazing place to put one of those fat like lottery checks, like just right there on the wall. And I was just like, you have to be able to do this, right? The more you're able to do this, the more you can see it in your mind, the faster you can create that reality for yourself. So I love that you you acknowledge that and you're able to share that with people. So no, exactly, exactly. Dude, so that's a pretty, pretty big freaking year you got coming ahead of you, man. And oh yeah, we've got we've got big things coming. <laughs> and like I already know for a fact that you're gonna crush it because you have been one of the most disciplined and dedicated people I've seen. So dude, right. I want to say thank you so much for coming back on to finishing up round two with us. You know, oh, hold up, hold up. I'm I'm hold up. Let me let me clarify real quick. Let's people get- are probably like people on the people listening are probably like thinking I'm crazy or something. I was completely thinking of the a completely different um, study. The study that I was actually trying to clarify was that someone imagining uh, like a really something very sad, like the the brain doesn't know the difference between someone imagining something and someone like actually just thinking of it and it actually happening like them looking at it um which goes to show that your brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not so if you like think that you are this like what you want to be it's your brain will actually believe it (laughs) so check this out to actually take it down that rabbit hole for a second just so listeners be prepared we're about to go down a little rabbit hole right now however i think it's super crucial that they get this they did another study right where they actually hooked up athletes to machines that were watching their muscle firings and what they did was they told the athletes to imagine themselves in the middle of their gameplay right so like they had basketball players and they said simply just imagine and run the plays in your mind and to their astound astonishment what they found were the muscles were firing all the same neurons the entire nervous system was firing the same exact way as when they were actually making the physical movements in reality So the actual neural transmissions were firing in the exact same way. And ultimately, that's how humans perform. It's by digging those neurons and those nerve pathways uh, deeper and deeper and creating deeper grooves. So there's so much power to visualization that I can't help but stress because it's literally like being able to have the video game where you have infinite lives. You have infinite attempts and there's no consequence for it. So you can practice and rehearse over and over and over and over in your mind so that when you do take it to the stage for the performance, you are already, you've done it a thousand times. And this is one of the, I don't want to say it's a secret because it's out there. However, any person of success, we look at them and you ask them if they're aware of this process, they're going to say, heck yeah. Like I bet money on it that anyone can find me somebody that is uber successful in all sense of the words, health, wealth, and um, relationships, ask them if they visualize and if they rehearse things in their mind. And if they say no, bring them to me and I'll pay you a thousand bucks. Exactly. Visualization is just like the adult version of like imagination. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. So I love that. Yo, Ethan, dude, you have been a fun freaking guest to come on here, man. So dude, it was an absolute pleasure. It's so much fun to be able to talk about everything. Dude, absolutely. So again, if this is somebody's, they're only listening right now to part two, they didn't hear part one. First off, I recommend go back and listen to part one, go capture the full story there. But if they just came here for part two, 
I want to know, how can somebody connect with you, Ethan? Like, where should they go to find you? Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Ethan twists, but a Z instead of an S at the end. Let's make it happen. So I'm going to have Ethan's contact info in the description below. You guys are going to be able to go connect with him. I highly recommend plugging with him. Hit him up on IG, shoot him a DM, go watch his YouTube videos. Like no joke, the parkour stuff is absolutely killer. And just start to build relationships, right? We, we talk about this all the time. The rooms that you're in, the conversations that you have make a massive difference. So Ethan, I appreciate you so much for coming on today, being a part of this conversation and sharing your experience. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you continue to grow and evolve into in the future. Of course, dude. Hopefully I can hop on in a year or two and give you guys an update. Bro, you're going to have like 5,000 units by then. (laughs) That's the goal. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.